Are You Data Smart? A weekly podcast on data security, information management, and all things related to the data you have, how to protect it, and maximize its value. I'm Jay Ward. And I'm Christian Ward. And today, we're going to tackle probably one of the most interesting parts from my perspective of GDPR, which is Article 22, Automated Individual Decision-Making, including profiling. Uh, Jay, I, I, no one wants to be read uh, while listening to a podcast, but uh, I'm going to read out the, the bullet point number one from Article 22 because yeah. we've had some very good dialogues on this uh, and just how sort of far-reaching it is, but almost how forward-looking, dare I say, legislators being forward-looking. I'm, dare, little, dare. Uh, I'm very scared. So this is uh, Article 22 um, uh, of the GDPR, and, and bullet one states, the data subject shall have the right not to be subject to a decision based solely on automated processing, including profiling, which produces legal effects concerning him or her, or similarly significantly affects him or her. Now, it goes on to explain a little bit more about that, particularly as it relates to a data controller um, and whether or not it's it's authorized by a union or a member state. It, it gives all the carve-outs for the government to do, obviously, anything it wants with data. But but the, the real question it is, is how do you view this as forward-looking? Because in light of, let's say, um, Google's uh, recent duplex uh, uh, um, platform that we did a whole podcast on, and uh, the new Google video, which is making a lot of noise this morning, uh, called Selfish Ledger. Uh, everyone, if you haven't Googled uh, Selfish Ledger and watched this nine-minute uh, video, it's also terrifying. It's right up there with Eggers, the circle, uh, in terms of uh, us and our user data. But let's talk a little bit first about Article 22J and this, this whole concept. What do you think they're getting at with automated individual decision-making? It's interesting because we've in the United States been exposed to automated decision making for a very long time in the form of credit decisions. It's very common for you when you're filling out forms online to give your social security number or to give other you know discrete pieces of information and a credit decision is returned to you within, I don't know, 20 seconds that reflects the decision of whether or not you can have credit, whether you need to make a deposit, all that kind of stuff. And it's been fairly well regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. That's the Fair Credit Reporting Act. There's a lot of rules that go into place. But what's not in place is a statement of whether or not you have the right to object to it, whether or not you have the right to have a person come in and make that decision. And that's what Article 22 is all about. It presupposes that in instances where you have an automated decision made, which does not just have to be about credit, because I think it's <clears throat> it's easy to, to zero in on the things we know and ignore the things that we haven't yet seen, but Article 22 is not just restricted to financial transactions. It's about anything. Um, and so it allows for data subjects to object to the processing of their data to, to reach an automated decision, to ask a human to make the decision. Um, and it requires those who use automated decision-making services to let the data subject know that an automated decision is going to be made. So it is, you know, it is a very forward-looking uh, policy, primarily because few decisions right now are made in an automated manner, but that's not going to be the case for long. Yeah, and you know, I, I think one of the 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 
you bring up the credit rating and I've worked with almost every one of those platforms, but that sort of concept of automated decision-making has um, boomed in recent years because it's gone beyond the concept of what is my credit score and how is it calculated, um, which obviously, yes, you can get a copy of the report and you can sort of um, you know contest various elements of the report. There's plenty of those services, uh, but now it's things like uh, mortgage companies. Um, you have the um, sort of social score construct that's happening in China uh, where people's interaction with each other, it's a very black mirror episode unto itself. Um, that, that concern is that when I think about automated decisions and I'm looking at the Google duplex video where it says, you know, um, do you have something uh, between 10 and 12 or however, you know, the odd sounding uh, teenage voice we said, uh, you know, the concern is when we start opening up more and more to AI and machine learning capabilities, I think we're really just scratching the surface in terms of how many automated decisions are actually going to happen on a daily basis. In some ways, quite frankly, even if I look for an airline ticket to come visit um, you know, you and the family, the reality is I'm setting filters. But at some point, um, there is enough data, uh, particularly with one airline that I travel on all the time, um, there is enough data for them to make some pretty interesting decisions that I won't even know about. And uh, the, the concern that I have is, there are a lot of new articles out there about the dreaming or the subconscious of AI. And what that is, is um, at a certain point, AI and most of the machine learning um, principles out there, the five tribes of machine learning, they admit that we don't even know what the machines are doing at a certain point, meaning the machines are taking data from so many sources and mashing them together in so many different algorithms, sometimes stacked as they are called. So maybe one's a biological algorithm and then the next one is a, you know, a, 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 an NLP or let's say a, a semantic algorithm. When it does that, we sort of lose touch with why the decision was made to show me these two flights and not this flight. And um, fascinatingly, I think most scientists would tell you some of the results are amazing, they're wonderful. But if the uh, Article 22 is really saying that we have the right in some way to ask for a human to get involved, what I'm saying is, is I can tell you right now, definitively, the machine learning and the AI can't even tell you, a human can't step through the code to know why it arrived at that decision. How are we going to solve that? Right. And it's, you know, you need a Rosetta Stone to be able to meaningfully understand what's going on. And it's unlikely that one's going to exist. What this reminds me of actually is when, and you know, we're talking a lot about administrative agencies here, so it makes sense. When an administrative agency in the United States makes a decision, for the most part, courts are going to defer to them. They're going to give them the opportunity to make their decisions, and they'll say, all right, well, the agency said X, and they're subject matter experts. That's fine. And there's a lot of debate over, over that. But the, the part that's not debatable is that the standard that courts often use to review agency action, which is to say what was done and why, is called the arbitrary and capricious standard, which is, I, I just love that because it's basically describing every decision that, you know, your children <laughs> under five take, right? It's arbitrary and capricious and yeah, often and involves, over five. Yes. and sometimes over, I mean, sometimes I make those. Um, you know, those, those decisions are often, um, you know, the decisions are reviewed to see if there was a basis that can be understood in the record for what was done. Well, 
that's a great way to formulate your approach to decision making by anyone. Because if it's not a justifiable decision, certainly under the GDPR, you're going to have the ability to object to the way that it was done. And because the GDPR requires controllers and processors to explain how they are going to process your data, the purpose of that is to give you the ability to understand how decisions were reached and why. Well, if the AI's decision-making process can't be stepped through, if we can't get a glimpse into what was done, then we are facing a substantial problem, both from a GDPR compliance standpoint, but also just from a general understanding of how decisions are reached. So there's sort of a, a there's an epistemological, there's a philosophical, but most importantly, there's a practical and economic aspect to Article 22 that says, look, if we can't get an idea of what's going on, a human is going to need to come in and explain the decision. And even if the human's reasons are different than the AI's decisions and the AI's reasons, we still need a human to come out and provide a concrete explanation for why the decision was taken so that if we need to take an action against the the decision-making entity we can yeah I, I gotta tell you I think we're once again I give the legislative um, approach a lot of credit um, the regulatory bodies and you know me Jay I, I wouldn't give them credit if it was on a credit card no the you don't give credit is, really to anybody no, I don't. But uh, to, to think that they were forward thinking enough to say, look, we really do need to understand and give people the chance to not be subject to an automated process, uh, or at least to ask for why the automated process returned it. I got to point the, you know, the whole audience here, go look up articles um, related to not understanding why AI makes the decision it does, or go Google um, uh, Google's AI dreaming, and you're going to see some really crazy things. Like when we feed Google's AI a ton of photographs of dumbbells, it actually can show what it's dreaming of as it's analyzing it. And the dumbbells, since are in so many photos, are attached to human arms. It starts to draw these really creepy images of like half disembodied arms and dumbbells. It's it's freaky. It's 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 definitely the stuff of nightmares. But uh, maybe not the like those uh, what are those robotics dogs that you have on the blog post? No, oh, the Boston Dynamics. I don't know Boston why you keep Dynamics. bringing those up. Those things just absolutely terrify me. <laughs> I mean, the the one holding the uh, the door open for the other. But I, my my point is generally, if if you think about the crazy concept of a dream of a computer it's not that crazy and what most scientists are saying there's a quote from in this quartz magazine from one of the uber ai scientists saying you know if we can't explain to people why the machine is making the decisions it is you know we're we're gonna have a problem getting the world to accept ai as a valid solution and i i i think GDPR's Article 22 is a great opportunity to build in some protection for the general consumer or a general individual uh, to be able to say, I, if I am the subject of my data and you are utilizing data to make a decision about me, I want to be able to um, sort of disembody that decision, if you will, from the AI. I don't want to be part and parcel to that. Do you think that's something that uh, people are 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 grasping yet, or are they? Do they understand that's what this is meant to protect? I don't. I don't think so. And and I'll sort of flip what you just said on its head. It's not to disembody it from the AI. It's to re-embody it into a human. It's essentially to reincarnate the decision-making authority into a person who can actually make the decision. And that actually reflects, I believe, an important aspect of the GDPR broadly, because it repeatedly refers to natural persons. 
natural persons, which is another way of saying not corporations, not business entities, not AI, nothing. It has to be a living, breathing human person who is entitled to the protections of the GDPR, who must make the decisions under Article 22 if, if a, another natural person objects. And so in a real way, a lot of the GDPR's requirements reflect humanism in its most basic form, which is to say, we are here to protect the rights of humans. And so for me, Article 22 in some ways, and this is, you know, fairly dystopian, and, you know, we keep coming back to Philip K. Dick, you know, with uh, Tears in the Rain, and now we're talking about, uh, you know, whether, the, I guess we do know that they dream of, of electric sheep, um, now, yes. that, now that we've seen their terrifying dream pictures. Um, but, you know, the idea here is that we are trying to make sure that humans stay relevant, that humans yeah. still have a role. And that's a, I mean, that's a frightening concept, but it is at least comforting to know that someone has been thinking about it. Yeah. I, look, I, as I said, I think it's, um, it's forward looking. It's a good idea. I do think that, you know, we literally could have a series of issues where uh, we develop AI and machine learning. As a society and a culture, we continue to put more and more faith into the decision-making process that they can assist us with. Then we're going to need another type of AI or machine learning that can then translate the steps that were taken by the AI to come up with a solution in a manner that humans can understand. In many ways, that, that similarly, that we go before a judge who will then try and explain how all the prior laws led up to a particular decision or their thinking on a decision. And uh, I mean, that sort of logical step through is is fascinating. Um, I will also point out I'm reading more and more uh, books around sort of the Jungian archetypes, um, Jungian dream uh, uh, discussions, not the Freud, Freud versions, but the young ones where we're really starting to apply some of these psychological concepts to the machines themselves as they're thinking. Look, this is what happens. We're emulating our thought process, our ability of our subconscious and our dreams to try and add structure to our daily process of survival. And the machines are doing something similar. They're just doing it at a massive scale. Uh, but since it is designed to follow our similar brain paths, then we have to also be ready for the fact that some of the decisions are going to actually be irrational. Things that we can't understand why it made the decision it did. Um, and we may actually, unfortunately, need another machine to help us break down why it made that decision. Is it going to tell us that, uh, you know, the AI is mad because the motherboard didn't pay enough attention to it when it was still being developed? That's really terrible. That's, that's I had horrible. to try. I mean, I mean, it was right there. I mean, there were plenty of Freud jokes to make. So I think we have to uh, leave it at there, folks. But um, we'll we'll continue to sort of dive more and more into machine learning. If you haven't checked out um, Article Twenty Two of the GDPR, please do so. I think it has a lot of ramifications for any business, any business out there that is utilizing AI or machine learning or automatic um, decision making in its in its um, interaction with um, natural persons. Meaning all of us listening, hopefully. Please take a look at it. It's going to have some impact for you, and you need to be able to think about how you're going to be able to uh, have a plan in place to explain that decision-making process uh, because people are going to ask. Um, so thank you again for listening to this episode of Are You Data Smart? And we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Thanks.